Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Red Box Politics Podcast in The Times. I'm Matt Chorley. And for the benefit of listener Joseph McShane, who emailed in this week saying my West Country roots mean I stumble over the intro every week, what I'm saying is Red Box Politics Podcast from The Times. So there we go. Also, hello to Hilary Ann Williams in New Zealand, Ollie Barker listening on his walks, and our solitary listeners in Jamaica, Kyrgyzstan, Latvia, Cuba, Luxembourg, Myanmar, Namibia, and Syria. If you are a listener in any of those countries, or in fact wherever you're listening get in touch redbox at thetimes.co.uk find us on twitter or facebook or post a comment on itunes right down to business is now the time for a new political party come weeping ramonas and discontented kippers the grieving cameroons and the moribund members of the millie fandom for those people yearning for a new political force to come along i bring great news it has been launched and not just one as the times revealed last week more than 50 new parties were registered last year and more than a dozen more have signed up with the electoral commission since the start of this year i'm joined in the studio by lucy fisher the Times senior political correspondent who crunched the numbers on this. So, Lucy, what do you think is fueling this upsurge in activism? Well, I think, um, to a greater degree, um, we have different views as consumers um, now that technology allows us so much more choice in terms of uh, what we wear, what we eat, um, what we do, what we listen to, what we watch. And I think that people uh, were frustrated last year um, that there were only two real viable options, the Conservatives and Labour, who between them got um, a colossal um, share of the vote, 82% in the general election. And I think people want, want more choice. Okay, well, let's have a look at some of that choice. I'd like to say that Lucy and I are joined by some people who have taken the plunge and launched a new party. Daniel Oxley is a founder member and culture spokesman for the Democrats and Veterans Party. Chris Coughlin is a founder of the centrist party Renew. And later we'll speak to Sally Cogley, founder of the Rubbish Party, who was elected as a councillor in East Ayrshire last year. So, uh, let's get the obvious out of the way. What is your doorstep pitch? Uh, imagine you come and knock on my door. You've got 20 seconds to tell me why I should even think about supporting your new venture. Let's start with you, Chris. Your, your, your time starts now. Hi, I'm Chris Coglin. I'm a former counter-terrorism officer from the Foreign Office. Uh, last election, I resigned and stood for Parliament for a new centrist movement and to oppose Brexit. I believe that um, the prospect of a hard Brexit and a Corbyn government is very dangerous for our country. I was frustrated by the lack of uh, courage 
by moderate MPs to stand up for that and risk their careers. So I chose to take the plunge and do that myself. I think the door, I think the door's swinging closed. But that was a good. You got quite a lot in there. You got quite a lot in there. You didn't actually mention the name of your party though. That's the only thing. Is that deliberate? Fair point. It's called Renew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Uh, the same to you then, uh, Daniel. Your time starts now. I recommend a vote for the Democrats and Veterans Parties because of its unique selling point, which is direct democracy. We're tied with representative democracy, and we don't think in this age you need to choose someone to be your conscience, to decide things for you. You should decide directly. So if I talk about policy, it's not all that relevant because the policy should be dictated by the people. I believe in people power. Very good. I thought you were going to go way over them. You, bang on. <laughs> I was warned. Bang on. 20 seconds. Very good. Um, so, let's start with you then, Chris. You you had a job in the Foreign Office. You, were, sure. you, had, a, you had a good job in the Foreign Office. Why did you give all that up <clears throat> to launch what some people might say is a sort of doomed exercise? Uh, it's a great question. I think, um, look, I was incredibly proud of the work I was doing to keep our country safe from terrorism. Uh, but I think that we're in a national crisis at the moment. Um, I find that very frustrating. I think that, uh, in fact, we've got a huge opportunity as a country right now, if we get it right, uh, with the technology revolution to build a new economic model that leaves nobody behind. And we're missing out on that um, by going for for hard Brexit and also returning to sort of 1970s socialism. and, you know, the excuse of moderate MPs for not doing anything about that is they didn't want to put their careers on the line to risk it. Um, I previously found an NGO in Africa. I'd taken a bet with my career previously, so I was confident that I could go and do something like that and recover from it. So I just wanted to demonstrate that it's not that hard to stand up for your beliefs and do what you think is right. Uh, that's what I did. Then I founded a party off the back of that called Renew. Uh, we've now got 300 candidates and we're going to stand everywhere in the country in the next general election. So you stood at the last election, yes. but not, un- was that just under as, as an independent? So I, I literally uh, resigned from the Foreign Office four weeks before the election and campaigned for, for three weeks. And how did you do? Uh, so I got 1,200 votes. That was more than the Lib Dems in a third of London. So I was pretty proud of that result. Where, where were you standing? In Battersea. In Battersea. Okay, so that was against uh, Jane... So I was against Jane Ellison, the Conservative MP, who lost her seat. Um, I was very proud to have contributed to that um, and hopefully to have contributed in some small way to the young parliament, which I think has been an excellent outcome in the circumstances. But what about... Because that seat was obviously then... It was won by a Labour MP. Yes, it could have been different in that if the Labour MP had lost by 1,200 votes, yeah, you might have ended up actually contributed to the to- Brexit supporting Tory MP winning. So how do you sort of square? Because you are you more likely to take the support from the parties who are most like you than the parties who are different? So it's interesting, actually. Uh, most of my votes came from Remain uh, Conservatives. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't think that, that was on yeah. the table. But, but also, frankly... Absolutely. I think Brexit is more damaging than Corbyn, but I think they're both very damaging. So, um, you know, if if we can, as a party, have an impact uh, against both, um, we're very happy with that. Okay, so Daniel, talk us through uh, the Democrats and Veterans Party. How did that come about? The current leader of the Democrats and Veterans Party, John Rhys-Evans, is a fairly long-standing member of UKIP. He tried to become the leader of the party. Many members of UKIP will now rue the day when they decided against him and they got instead 
Paul Nuttall and then Henry Bolton, who has now finally resigned. <coughs> they, uh, well, I say that they ought to be ruining it. Some of them are quite shameless and supported him right to the end, which is their right. But to me, that's that's mad. John is the candidate who might be best known by some people for comments he made regarding his horse. Yeah. And it being raped by a gay donkey. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't want to be, be nitpicky about this, but he, what he actually said was that the gay donkey tried to right, rape his good. horse. No, in, this, in the current climate, being very careful about the, you know, the, yeah. the, these things. Is, it, is also, it, it wasn't a major policy statement. It wasn't a major policy statement. <laughs> there's, there's it's just, nothing just going into the manifesto about it. It so, was a flippant uh, it was a, yes. remark uh, so about you, something which did And you, you were in UKIP as well before, so yeah. what prompted you to leave UKIP, which... Is, which at that stage was, was an established party to, uh, to well, a jump whole, ship a whole series of things um, you know I could I could spend the rest of the day here going through them um, partly it's it's disappointment with the people at the top but I also have to be disappointed with the people at the bottom for actually putting the leaders there and if I had to bring in a second one it's the failure of UKIP after the referendum to have anything much to say apart from we're the guardians of the referendum or we're the guardians of Brexit. Yeah. Um, of course, it's important that there is a guardian, uh, a guardian of Brexit, but it's a difficult one to base an entire campaign on because so many people that, uh, especially when after the referendum, so many people thought, well, it's a done deal. Uh, Theresa May will sort it all out. Uh, people didn't see the need for a guardian of Brexit, um, and yet that was what was being offered. So that's that's two reasons for my for my. Shift. And so, what's the what's the sort of uh, Democrats and Veterans Party? What's the, what's the significance of of the sort of name and what people will be getting from from that? Is it right you've got? 321 candidates already lined up to stand for election? I, I don't follow the numbers, I'm oh. afraid. Even the <laughs> uh, even the, the membership, uh, someone who knows about it, tells me that the numbers are increasing by something like 80 to 100 every day. So, you know, I'm, I'll just be, I'll just be yeah, reassured yeah. by that. The, the business with the veterans, I mean, I'm not a veteran myself. It's, it's, re it's not really saying, you know, everyone in this party is a veteran. It's there to highlight the terrible problems that are faced by veterans in the, in the country and how they're uh, overlooked and neglected and such a huge proportion of people uh, who are uh, sleeping homeless of an evening are veterans. It's, it's our firm belief that uh, people who've offered their lives uh, should have better treatment. Okay, so let's talk about... I'll bring you in, Lucy. Just the process... It's quite it's a big leap for anyone to just decide to set up a political party, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's incredibly um, difficult to get uh, any nationwide movement off the ground. And I think it will be even more so um, without any further European elections. That really is, I think, the key to UKIP success. I think most people would alight upon UKIP as being the kind of the big newcomer that really has made a mark on, on the national political arena. So I think it's, it's just difficult to see how new parties can break in. But I actually think that both um, there are spaces, there is a vacuum um, in politics for both what Renew are doing and if I may say this Chris correct me if I'm wrong it seems to me that you are um, you know looking to occupy the centre ground that um, has been vacated right, yeah. by Labour leaning uh, ever further to the left and the the right wing of the Conservative 
party, the Brexiteers looking like they're in the ascendancy. So I think there is definitely um, an appetite there, particularly among the much derided metropolitan liberal elite <laughs> for, for, for a centrist um, party and those swing voters, people who back, you know, Tony Blair and David Cameron. And then I also think that there is a space in the arena for a party like Democrats and veterans um, for people who are very disillusioned with the whole political class. You think we want representatives we can control. And again, um, Daniel, if I understand correctly what, what you're about, it's allowing people in a local area to vote on every single issue, every kind of controversial issue like... If they want to, If yes. they want to. So I, I can I can see that they're, they're potentially being appetite um, for people having a ballot on, say, military intervention in Syria or big infrastructure projects like HS2 um, and, and controlling how their representative in Parliament or in a local council votes on an issue. On that, Daniel, would that mean that a, a DV candidate or MP in one area could vote in a completely different way to another area because they were doing what the local ballots had said? Would you have national uh, policy? Yes, it, it would be the... Um, you see, we, we believe in, in in downgrading politicians. We believe there are too many. They are, they're too powerful. <laughs> um, although we'll be standing in the election, we don't really like politicians. You know, we'll, we'll get over it when we win some seats. Uh, but that's the idea. <clears throat> it's taking the authority from politicians and putting it with the people, which is which is where the authority derives. Uh, you know, uh, this causes so much confusion with people, and people who like to dismiss the referendum particularly like to say, "Oh well, the Parliament don't think so." And the big phrase, "Parliament is sovereign." Well, yes, it has sovereignty, but its sovereignty derives from the people. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is what's why we have so many activists. Why there's so much division at the moment. I see it as the division between a representative system of democracy, an actual direct system, uh, and to me, the representative system is really, really, really out of date. I can see that in the uh, 19th century, 18th century, you needed a delegate. Um, it was going to take him weeks, possibly, to get to Parliament, and it would be a he. Um, and you didn't have a good way with poor communications of knowing how they'd voted, what they were voting for, and why. But that's the, but that's all changed. You 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 have all the information that you have, so you don't need a delegate really. Uh, you don't, you don't need a, a representative. You don't need to choose someone of sound judgment who will probably do what I want. Does that want. mean that local areas would have to basically be having referendums all the time? Well, it would depend if they wanted them. You see, that's that's the that's that's. But how the thing. would you? Would that mean you'd have to have a vote to ask if they wanted one? Well, you'd, you'd, ne- you'd never stop. Well, it's, it's old Brenda from Bristol. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I mean, I've come across Brenda from Bristol or the equivalents all over the place, and they say, "Oh, well, I don't want to be voting all the time," and. I, I like to be a sympathetic chap, but uh, I, I find it hard to be. And uh, if, even if I don't say so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Brenda of Bristol or Lucy of London or whoever it is. Well, please don't be, please don't be lazy. Turn out for the, to the polling station. It won't take you too long. There's bound to be one very, very, very close to you. And when I hear, oh, I can't be bothered, I'm really thinking, well, that's a little bit like saying I can't be bothered about my community. The, the two things are the, are the same. Let, let's bring you in then, Lucy, <laughs> as you've been maligned in this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I remember Douglas Carswell, his big thing was direct democracy. And you know, he was, um, I think, pretty key in, in persuading... Um, uh, I think it was the coalition government to bring in um, the police and crime commissioner elections, which just had an appalling turnout. I mean, nobody yeah. was bothered at all. So um, 
you know, a few years ago, I was completely unconvinced that there was any appetite at all for people to have a greater say um, over elected positions like that, or even policy. But what I, where I, what's convinced me now that there is more of an appetite is is watching how momentum and labour um, has been galvanised. People have joined the party in in you know their thousands, um, and I and I think that part of that is because they are enthused by the dementum, uh, momentum momentum. Um, <laughs> 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 I should be using that again. Phrase. Um, <laughs> momentum idea of empowering people to have a say over policy. So I, I think you know technology changes that. If people can, can kind of you know sit behind their computer screen and and, and have a click on issues. Of course, that will come with its own criticism of clicktivism and people not really being well informed. But, yeah. but I think that there is an appetite now for people to have have greater say. As so Chris, with Renew, given that the Brexit is one of your, you know, it's the reason you left your job and the reason why you went and, and set all this half. up. Half of the half of it. Okay, <laughs> it's a big reason though. It's a big yeah, exactly. reason. What happens? Because it's gonna, It takes time to get a party off the ground. What yeah. happens if, by the time, I mean, this time next year, we'll almost have officially left is there not a point where by the before you've even really properly got off the ground your raise on detra has been sealed by the fact that if we've left the eu your ability to influence that decision has has gone and uh, not at all the z part of it was brexit but actually for me the the most important reason is the opportunity we have as a country if we get it right to leave no one behind from the technology revolution now i think that um that's going to be harder if Brexit goes ahead. Um, you know, David Davis's own department says that uh, our GDP will be eight percent lower in a, in a hard Brexit, but it's still there. Um, and you know, our generation is potentially looking at the uh, the end of cancer, the end of climate change, the end of extreme poverty. We could make houses affordable for everybody if we get it all right. And so, you know, Renew's really about trying to realise that hope for our country and around the world. Specifically on Brexit, um, actually to take what Daniel was saying, we're actually inspired quite a lot by UKIP in many ways. Um, you know, we can have, I think, a huge impact in the in the medium term. Just you know, even if we don't get that far off the ground, just by virtue of standing, um, we could scare the Labour Party into um, respecting the wishes of their members. And Lucy spoke about um, you know democracy amongst momentum candidates. Well, Labour Party members are overwhelmingly in favour of Remain. Um, and if we can scare Labour into changing its policy because of the threat of us taking votes away from them into offering a second referendum, um, which public opinion is turning in favour, then we've got the opportunity to have a huge impact, I believe, for the greater good of our country. And so presumably the local elections in May, particularly because of, there's a lot of them in London, yeah. which is a big Remain area, that, yes. that, that's a big test for you. If you can, if you can show you're costing Labour, Labour councillors the vote... Absolutely. So, um, I mean, just as a prerequisite, we think it's vital, given the whole criticisms of liberal metropolitan elite, to establish ourselves as a national party first. Yeah. So we're going on a national listening tour at the moment. We've we've got candidates all over the country. So we put work into achieving that first. Um, we are putting focus on the on the locals as well. Um, we, yeah, we will be standing in in Wandsworth, and to put it in perspective. Um, Marsha de Cordova, the uh, the Labour MP in in Wandsworth, she, uh, she she promised in her campaign literature when she was elected to campaign to remain in the single market. Um, within three weeks of being elected, she failed to join 49 Labour MPs voting for Chuka's amendment to stay in the single market. So we really want to hold her strongly to account for that, and so that hopefully she and other Labour politicians think twice about doing that kind of thing again. We'll be back after this. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Jane Garvey. And I'm Fee Glover. Off Air with Jane and Fee is going live. We are taking to the stage at the amazing Crucible Theatre in Sheffield on Friday the 31st of May. It'll be a night full of surprises. We'll have a special guest, we'll involve you in the audience and we'll embarrass ourselves. You really won't want to miss it. Well, the surprises, we don't yet know what's in it, so it genuinely is a night of surprises. Well, you've surprised me already. Uh, It's not just us. Our live show is part of an exciting new podcast festival called Crossroads wires which is taking place in some really amazing venues across sheffield from the 31st of may to the 2nd of june so other podcasters that you'll be able to see include katie price Catherine ryan ramash ranganathan and the original adam buxton but there's also a whole host of free fringe events family shows surprise acts and after parties that jane and i haven't yet been invited to i'm sure it's only a matter of time head to crosswires.live for tickets and more information Okay, and just in terms of the practicalities of when you uh, when you're putting a party together and, and try to, you've got I've got some of your glossy leaflets for <laughs> the renew glossy. Leaf. I mean, I have to say before before I ask you about the practicalities, uh, some of the stuff. And I was, maybe this is just what happens when you start trying to put together a party. But renew the economy, restore public services, reverse inequality, revolutionise opportunities. I mean, Theresa May could stand on all of that, couldn't she? So I think it's a question of leadership, actually. I mean, and values and um, the uh, you know. For me, I fundamentally believe in personal responsibility and opportunity for all. And it's what you do to try and achieve that. It's, you know, of course, Theresa May's speech when she was first elected as, as Prime Minister was, um, I think, a great speech and, and very inspiring. But she's done nothing to deliver on that. So I think it's having the moral integrity and moral courage to take difficult decisions and, and get it done. In fact, Theresa May says difficult decisions quite regularly and then decides nothing. <laughs> so um, just in terms of the practicality, how do you get a party off the ground? What's the what's the sort of the most frustrating bit? Is it finding... The know, logo. The logo. The, the logo is, is <laughs> difficult. So t- talk us through... Um, let's talk us through the DV logo. Well, before we got to the DV logo, I was struck, um, uh, Daniel, there was this story about... When you first launched the Democrats and Veterans Party and your Twitter handle, the D and V party, somebody pointed out that in medical terms, D and V actually stands for diarrhea and vomiting. Oh, and somebody yeah. brilliantly from the party <laughs> said it was deliberate as politics was making them sick. <laughs> which I know is well, that was a good spin got to everything else. Yes, that was, uh, I hope you'll continue to be just as clever through the uh, elections. <laughs> yeah. So talk us through what happened with your, with your logo. Or Lucy, do you want to explain the issue with the D and V logo? Well, 
It's a donkey, isn't it? That's and, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, having, having, <laughs> having pointed out earlier that um, John Reese Evans is perhaps best known for his notorious comment about a gay donkey, I just wondered if that would um, send out the wrong signal that the party's a bit of a joke. Uh, well, I hope not. Um, but, I mean, people with a sense of humour are very welcome to join the Democrats and Veterans Party. Um, what is the point of the donkey? What is the well, donkey? Uh, well, it's, it's an ambiguous... Is it a different donkey? It's, it's, it's an, an ambiguous thing. It's, it's, it's an ambiguous It's a bisexual thing. donkey. Um, well, well what, a lot of, what a lot of people have missed is the, is the element of, of sacrifice in it. They can't... Uh, a lot of people don't recognise it as the very traditional Christian symbol of the Lamb of God, which uh, you see in church iconography all over the place. Right. I've even had some really literal-minded people saying to me, oh, but that's just ridiculous. Donkeys have hooves. They don't have fingers. How is it holding that little flagpole? <laughs> but, but, but you can... It, it's obviously amused you hugely, and that's, and that's fine. But if you, I mean, if you want to look at some further symbolism in it, uh, the donkey is a beast that is a humble beast. Uh, you know, it's not like we've put a lion there or something. It's a humble beast. It it works. Well, because the, the lion, of course, is a new UKIP logo, and they got into trouble because it does look quite um, a lot like the FA. Yes, they did. Logo. <laughs> yeah. um, as far as I'm aware, there isn't any other organisation <laughs> whose logo is a, is a donkey holding a flag. Well, that's, that's two unique selling points. One is, <laughs> one is direct democracy and the other <laughs> is a donkey. Logo. Now, I have to say, by comparison, the Renew logo <laughs> is much tamer. It's a, sort of, it's a sort of pie chart of equal slices in a sort of nice light blue. How, how long did you sort of spend coming up with the logo and the name and that sort of thing? Is it, is it, is it like the, that bit in The Apprentice when they try to come up with the team names? Look, it's no, um, the. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, it was a pretty um, short, quick thing. I had that actually was my campaign logo when I when I when I okay. my my campaign prior to renew. Um, the uh, there's several symbols to it. It's um, obviously it it's circular. It's about revisiting the best of the old and, and refreshing it, renewing it. Um, there's also because it was when it was my campaign. There's a CC of my initials in there, and there's also a C for centrism. But it's definitely not a pie chart. Um, and uh, but what I think is most well, I think I think a statistician would say it's a donut chart. They are actually, a donut chart, exactly. It's got a exactly. hole. It's got a hole in the middle. But you know, but you know, it's, it's interesting the point you raise about the difficulties of setting up a party. Yeah. Um, to me, what's important is about being authentic and your values and what you stand for. Um, you know, of course slick branding slick yeah. policies everything else um, yeah I think in many ways that's what people are sick of yeah you need a message to that as well right I was allowed to say that Lucy and I are joined by Sally Cogley founder of the Rubbish Party who was elected as a councillor in East Ayrshire last year okay so Sally um, you've come and knocked on my door what is your doorstep pitch my vote for me well what is rubbish rubbish is unnecessary waste it's un- wasted resources it's needless bureaucracy inefficient pra- practices and an inability to make decisions. It's what we all call, what a load of rubbish. And that is the, the, the mandate that I stood for when I was elected in May last year. And I was elected. And while the, the main focus of my campaign was on um, very basic environmental issues, litter, fly tipping, dog fouling, those sorts of things. And the reality is that I would have got elected on those particular issues um, I'm really focusing also on bad legislation or legislation not well implemented or not thought through. 
and certainly as far as rubbish is concerned and litter is concerned, litter is a massive issue. It's not just something that... When I think by this point, my door might be, might be slightly closing. I quite like the fact you're, you've just declared war on all rubbish. Uh, Lucy? Uh, Sally, I just wanted to ask you, um, I, I think what you say um, I, is a perfectly credible idea for kind of running as, as a candidate for, for your council. Um, why did you decide to start a party rather than running uh, as an independent on that ticket? I needed something that I could be identified with and something that's... That, 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 that I could market um, and it worked um, I didn't really intend that I would get any national co- um, coverage because that really wasn't the intention at the beginning but uh, I, I became known as the rubbish lady almost as rubbish and let's be realistic that's why I'm talking to you today instead of any number of any independent candidates and interestingly um, you I mean you got elected on the first uh go last year and you you so the rubbish party won a seat in the may elections last year the same number as ukip uh achieved well that that was that was the the the, the bbc fifth story on the day of the elections which was actually just hysterically funny in terms of the, the the publicity that i had got because my intention was to get elected locally to do things locally i'm not politically ambitious on 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 a wider scale though I do care passionately um, about the issues on which I'm campaigning. And will the rubbish party spread? Is it is it more than... The are rubbish, you Nigel Farage? Is it a one-man band? Or, or is there... Could this, can this spread out across the country? Is there interest from, from elsewhere? Please, please, please don't call me Nigel Farage. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very unkind. Um, no, I, I have set up, and there are only three members, and that is within my ward, where... What what I'm interested in is making East Ayrshire better, and in particular, my ward. I am making far more progress now, as I would do as just Joe Blog's member of the public. Well, Sally, it's really good to speak to you. Unfortunately, the phone line is a bit rubbish as well, so um, uh, we're going to have to let you go. But that's uh, Sally Cogley, the founder of the Rubbish Party. Well, it's been brilliant to speak to you um, about uh, your party's best of luck, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll be watching with interest what happens at the local elections in May. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your Android device so you never miss an episode. Get my free morning email all about what's happening in politics at thetimes.kdk forward slash red box. My thanks to Chris Coughlin, Daniel Oxley, Sally Cogley for explaining their parties. For now, for me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. 